The people don't know. But. The people, yeah, nobody knows except you and me. <laughs> EA called me after like, Max will lose gaming. We got some news for you. Hello and welcome back to the Mo Video Games Podcast, our first episode following the exciting completion of our top 50 video game brackets. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're back. Woo! But with all that out of the way, today we have nothing but tech and gaming news. Just for you guys, we got a few weeks of time to make up on. We've got controversy. We've got console wars. We've got more controversy. We've got game announcements. We've got it all. We're here to discuss it. We're here for you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Grab some coffee, sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy today's podcast. Whammo, bammo. We oh, live, I'm, baby. I'm watching. I'm watching stream right now. Tech news number one. That's where we're at. I wasn't we, gonna ask the question of what we're gonna do now because my sister asked me that yesterday, and I was like. That's a great fucking question, Maddie. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> <laughs> the existential crisis of the Mo Video Games podcast. Boiled down to one question, which is the title of this podcast and stream. Um, that is true. I, I think I did put it in the news. I do. I got, man, it's been like three weeks. I got all the tech news, man. Oh, I got tech news too. And when I say I got tech news, I mean, I, I don't really got any tech news, but. So, I got league news, I guess, but you can go first. Well, tech, tech and gaming news, really. But like you said, tech news rolls off the tongue better, so it's always going to be tech news. Yeah, no uh, one's gaming news. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who talks like that anyways. People who do gaming news. Um, but uh, <laughs> for those of you joining us, thank you so much. It's been a few weeks. If you didn't know, the Mo Video Games podcast has been essentially... All about our top 50 video games brackets, which we recently, in our most recent podcast, completed, figured out our top games. Half of all a month time. ago. Yeah, we, we won't spoil. No, no spoilage will be occurring. Um, so go go check it out. There's like 50 plus episodes. Um, so you can you can have fun with that. But uh, today we, we will have more gaming type content and deep dives into stuff later but just getting back into it this is tech news number one tech news dedicated dedicado that's what we're here for should i even try explaining why all the bullshit or i don't even think it's worth mentioning the uh, let's give it let's give it the, the the elevator pitch of of what what's going down well okay oliver goes back to school Goes back to school at a very bad time. Early January. In college towns, leases need to be signed by, well, you move in in August traditionally. So that means August 2nd, you need to be signing your lease for the next year. And so Oliver was looking for an apartment at a very bad time and got very desperate and moved into what we call a literal shithole. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally the worst thing I've ever fucking seen in my life. Um... And so consequentially, I've been effectively out of a home for four weeks now. And a man without a home for four months is not a happy man. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. But through, through the fires and through the flames, I have managed to find a singular viable apartment in the city that I'm in. 
at a reasonable cost that I can barely afford with my grad school budget. And now we have returned and stability will resume until I get inevitably kicked out of this place because when I signed the lease, I realized it's not even the normal full lease because I'm pretty sure literally every single building on this hill is going to be torn down come summertime. But that's okay. I got 10-month displacement of my problems, and I'm totally okay with that. So, But yeah, no home for a month would not recommend. Don't, don't do that to yourself. That's not fun. You can't focus on fucking anything. Agreed. Especially when the lack of home involves moving into a shitty home and then out of said shitty home and into a new home again. Yeah, I spent 12 hours, I think, about cleaning the the shithole. And uh, I would not call that shithole clean. <laughs> and it's not like I was being lazy about cleaning. I mean, I was, I, I was, I'm breaking sweat shirtless, you know, dripping all over the fucking Ooh. place type of cleaning. And, uh, whew, I turn my keys in tomorrow and I am very happy about it. It's a wonderful life, man. I can breathe cleanly now, so. <laughs> life is good, baby. Glad to have and you I back. And I have a beautiful air purifier now for my new place courtesy of mine truly not yours mine truly <laughs> <laughs> maxwell was gaming all the proceeds that maxwell's gotten from his gaming channel as if there are any all went to that. <laughs> all directly into the air purifier budget yeah well, damn. Well, either way, I thought it was I thought it was an entertaining enough. Everyone laughs at me. My whole family was judging me. I'm sure Maxwell is judging me silently. There's there's never judgment, man. Finding a place, especially in a college town like that, is just it's a nightmare. So no judgment. Could say it was a battle, but that's okay. We got tech news on the docket. Let's hit it. I, I don't know where to begin. I've got I've got a list. I've got a list. I think you just you run straight down the list. I've read stuff recently that I have thought about talking about, but I'm sure I'll think of it while you're going. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, some of the stuff on this list is going to be out of date by several weeks. So just keep that in mind. But I think it's all interesting topics to talk about. Um, let's start with right to repair Ooh. because. We're going in it. Lewis Rossman is screaming right now. Everyone should have the right to repair. So what happened, I guess probably a month ago, maybe a little bit more or less, was the FTC voted unanimously to enforce right to repair. That's great. It it was a huge win. Yeah, huge win. There's there's, there's no argument that that's that's not great. Especially for people, especially people like me who, uh, I break everything I own, so, and I'm not made of money, so I got to learn to repair. There's two options. You either have enough money to pay for a new one, or you learn how to fix it. Yes. Um, and, and what, so what that actually means, it's, it's a step in the right direction, but there's still like what that enforcement looks like and what the consequences will be and what is considered enforceable are all further discussions that need to happen. Uh, so, but step in the right direction good news um and, and the the article i was reading brought up some really interesting points so a lot of people think of right to repair as you have a phone you break the screen you should be able to replace that screen um it's or, mostly about the warranty though right like not voiding the warranty if you're gonna 
I thought that was at least earlier on in the conversation of right to repair. I thought there was a lot of people complaining that like if I try to repair something, most people are just like if, essentially if you open up your phone, they're just never going to accept any warranty returns on it. You keep going. That was just what I I, I heard that way back in the conversation. That that is certainly a big part of it. Um, another big part that we've talked about, and Lewis Rossman feels passionately about, is the fact that independent shops being able to repair. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, sp- specifically like Apple devices is another big thing that even even if you are willing to void your warranty, you can't even get parts or the software necessary to make those parts compatible with your phone. So that's a big part number two. Um, but but a, a lot of people think of this like with their phones, their electronic devices, and sometimes even their cars, um, and how cars have gotten with ECUs being locked down and, and all that kind of stuff. But there, there were some really interesting points that are much larger issues. So COVID-19 happening, ventilators are a big thing that were especially in short supply towards the start of the pandemic. I know some of that has kind of leveled out as ventilators of the supply chain is caught up and the battle with vaccines has gotten a little bit better, but people were unable to fix ventilators when they broke because the manufacturer had locked everything down. So now you're at the mercy of whatever field repair people the manufacturer has to come out and repair things that you could easily fix yourself um, as a result of the right to repair and the manufacturer locking that shit down. Um, so that's that, that, that was a big one to me that I was like, oh shit, yeah, there's, there's much larger repercussions. Like we think from us, the consumer standpoint, but there's a lot of things out there. Um, and then like with cars, Companies cite safety and emissions as it's their typical fallback of which is valid to an extent, but that is it's I believe it's the company's responsibility to figure out how to maintain the safety and emissions. They, they're just doing a lazy blanket. Oh, well, if we don't let you touch anything, we don't have to solve the problem. Um, so they're basically taking the cop out with that. Um, so that's kind of. Uh, most of the main points i wanted to discuss on there we've kind of gone through right to repair before on this channel i think everyone knows how we feel about it generally speaking it's kind of a no-brainer honestly also we have barely ever we very minimally pugged lewis rossman as one of the great techie youtubers that are out there but he definitely he definitely deserves a nice little shout out. He covers a lot of he covers a lot of stuff just out, not just like in I mean he has videos about like repairing Apple equipment and stuff like that and going into detail on how to repair, but uh being a you know small New York computer repair shop business owner, he also knows a lot about the politics and then also gives a lot of insight into like what it's actually like for him trying to own a shop, especially sounds like New York City has been kind of griefing their small shop owners to a great deal and essentially just being very yeah not not very good to small companies unless you're uh jeff bezos and has 80 quintillion dollars to fork over for a new amazon factory in the city or some whatever that bullshit was so yeah he he has a he has a lot of good insight not just from a, a tech but also you give some business insight and then also he likes to sprinkle in a little life advice every once in a while in there too he's he's, he's yeah. a good guy Everyone he's, the full, a little bit he's the full package he's the full package <laughs> Just like the Mo Video Games podcast. Thanks for that's Joe Bybee. Um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't really have uh, a whole lot else on there. Um, okay, if we want to continue on controversy lane here, uh, oh, we do. 
I, I, I don't, gosh, I, I don't even know what to discuss on this, but just a, a point to bring up. Activision Blizzard, if you haven't heard. Oh, uh, God, yeah. Oh. Bad, bad shit happened. Bad, 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 bad. Um, uh, essentially, uh, misogynistic, um, gender inequality, sexual harassment, um, inequality in the workplace. Like, you name it, like, bad buzzword, and that is what they are accused of. And, and you say accused, but it's like, Pretty much every employee corroborates these stories and has their own independent story. And the California Department of Fair Labor and Housing has filed a lawsuit against them for discrimination. And you can actually go and look that up. It should be public record. And you can get all the information on some of the it's now trigger warning. If you're if you've been through something like that and you go read it, there's some pretty there's enough details in there that read at your own risk. Um, but yeah, the I think I just saw that the the CEO stepped down, if I remember that correctly, or some some big executive. Let me let me look. That I up. haven't heard that. Activision. Blizzard's just been doing. I mean, Blizzard Activision, man, they they have not managed to stop fucking up in really big ways for the last couple of years. I mean, it's uh. There, there was some stuff I would say a couple years ago that I was like, okay, you know, I don't really support it, but I be, they, they do make great universes. They have great world building and stuff like that. But it, it's kind of getting to the point where it's like, I even if the games are good, I don't want to support them anymore at the rate that they have just, especially after this last one, that was bad. There was another incident that we talked about, I think like, it was like six months ago, maybe a little bit longer when the, I forgot exactly the details, but the China Chinese revolts were happening or something like that. And this oh. one pro player spoke up about it. And essentially Blizzard Activision was just like, you're out bro no more <laughs> and it's like what the what the fuck are you know what are you doing controlling your players and their freedom of speech that's super fucked up and also it's not like he was he wasn't the bad guy in the situation and the fact that they're trying to mute the people speaking the good word makes blizzard activision seem real sus as a company so yeah um, it tells you a little bit about what where their money comes from yeah but this is also like uh it's just sadly just a very reoccurring trend within the video gaming industry. I mean, uh it was I think maybe like six years ago, but Riot Games had very similar issues. And some people still report, you know, uh, to a much lesser degree, but report similar situations like that. I mean, uh the stereotype behind the gaming industry as a whole is it is a very male driven, male oriented market. But that isn't true anymore, and that hasn't been true. But when workplace and work culture norms are kind of put in place from the good old days, yep. <laughs> or the fuck bullshit that means, um, you know, it's just yeah, it's unbelievable that people can do these things and not think about, you know, I, like it's just it, pe these people are human beings. Just treat them like a human being. You don't want you don't want your pee pee getting smacked every single time you're walking into work. You know, like yeah. Uh, It'd be, be, be decent. I mean, I think it's part of a, a general good, finally, culture shift where people, especially in our generation and younger, are uh, starting to realize that, hey, we don't have to devote our lives to a corporate entity. Um, like, wh where's the purpose in that? Why, like, 
mental health uh, is becoming incredibly important. Um, equality, work-life balance, uh, there's a huge shift in that. And it all starts with like gender inequality, discrimination. I mean, any type of inequality, you can name it. It's just like blown up to a larger degree in the workplace. And yeah, to your point, the video game industry is one of the worst ones. And that's um, actually, so over on Maxwell Lewis Gaming, I checked out a demo for a game called Path of Kami. And it's uh, created by a studio called Capitolite Games. Um, and it's a woman-led uh, development studio and they they're striving for equality uh in gaming and in the game development studio small indie developer um but you can go check out the game on itch.io i think you can go wishlist it on steam path of kami it's k-a-m-i so if you're listening to this go go wishlist it help them out um all that kind of stuff so there there is some good trends occurring um but yeah activision blizzard is kind of like the the pinnacle of what not to do and uh Maybe if you can, don't buy any more Blizzard games, at least for a while, until we hear that something has changed. Um, I will say this is good news for uh, good news for EA after the whole pay to pay to win loot chest thing, because man, that, that doesn't look like that big of a deal anymore after everything that's been fucking happening now. I know. I mean, God, you, I'm sure there's the same shit happening at EA, though. So matter yeah. of time. But I, I did look up. So Activision Blizzard executive J. Allen Brack, he he stepped down amid the sexual harassment suit. Um, so deservedly so. Yeah. But I mean, like step down. It's like it, that, that, that seems too good. But uh, well, hey. I feel like, uh, yeah, I, it's, it's kind of a problem with these situations. I, I feel like a nor- it seems like all of the. Uh, high up schmucker wuckers however you want to associate them um i feel like the conversations are normally just like we can fire you or we'll give you the right to step down but they're all drinking the same goddamn kool-aid right so they're gonna they're all gonna make each other seem as good as possible you know i'm sure that guy's like if you if you fire me you're gonna ruin my career it's like if if you've been letting this shit happen in your company that's been i know for like being on gaming twitter and reading all the reports this is shit that's been being reported for years now and people keep bringing it up and then it goes into that normal i mean you hear this about a lot of companies not necessarily for sexual harassment but it's like you can't go to your hr department because the hr department is working for the company not for the people it is the you know it it's a company department it's not the human department (laughs) so uh yeah i've just been reading i mean just count countless people's stories of now being afraid to even talk to the hr department so now they feel like they can't even bring it up at work and then it's like well i also need a job to live so how am i gonna you know i i have to now look for an entire another job and probably have the potential of displacing my entire life family and friends you know like my you know the community that you have there just to have safety and comfort at work which is yeah it's yeah it's like any abusive relationship you're kind of like you're tied in there with all of these like um the different roots that you've laid in that area and yeah it's tough but i mean we we can get off our soapbox here and (laughs) not now but just just know about it you can fight with your dollars so don't support companies that 
do this. Do support small indie developers that are fighting for equality, doing all these things, and, and, and try to invigorate new ideas into the gaming industry. I mean, hell, like we've seen, like I know PlayStation gets a lot of criticism for another third-person action quasi RPG, which I mean, they're all fucking fantastic, but <laughs> Adam, <laughs> <laughs> but but there, there, I mean, there is a point to be made. Like it, there there should be room for some new stuff, which will segue nicely into another uh gaming news that i have so we've talked about the the indie game stray on here before where you play as a cat and they recently (laughs) released a a gameplay demo for this and also alongside it announced a delay as is I, i don't understand how companies can even release potential target release windows to the public in today's and i have i don't think there's been a single game that has come out when it was first announced for release um, in the past like two years. It's just like, it, you know for a fact when someone says, oh, we're going to release it then, that's a lie or it's not going to happen. But I think it's slightly tangential, but like if you're going to be getting investment from other people, right? Because a, v- a video game something, you're not going to be receiving any funds until after the product is finished, developed. But if you're going to want to try to get funds, you need to generate hype in order to convince people that people are actually like interested in this product and that there is future revenue to be had. So it's kind of like, uh, I don't think it's ever going to change because my first thought was like, why don't you just announce that the game's coming out two months before it comes out when it's like in like the like most finalist alpha or like beta stage that there is. Right. And essentially you could just push that over in the real time production. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just like if you're going to convince anyone that this thing's good, you're not just going to be able to you're not going to be able to pitch No Man's Sky and talk to no one about it and just tell like two capital big money investors like we're going to have procedurally generated worlds. It's going to be crazy. They're going to be like, perfect. We're going to give you all the development money you need for that. Well, I, and then I mean, it's still going to flop. <laughs> to, to be fair, I, I don't think that you need to not announce the game and talk about it and showcase it. But why give a date? Like, why give a, a release window at all? But I think if you don't. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think the release window is necessary. I think it gives if if, if you don't provide a window of a release date then there's no oh i'm gonna come and check up on this and you know fourth quarter 2022 or something like that you know there's not a then it, especially if no one's doing that then it's just i feel like it would just become like oh cool you know what far cry 82 is coming out that's great let's see if it comes out in the next fucking decade like you need i think i think humans want to know some level of like when to be excited when to be looking forward to releases i also think from a like psychological standpoint there's a certain level of like you kind of want to put a release date because humans love to procrastinate and put a little bit of crunch and a little bit of heat in the back. Not that in most cases it seems like it's good in the gaming development community. Like for developers, I don't think that's necessary, you know. But uh, yeah, I, I, I do think I, I, I think there's a couple sides of the coin there that release dates are warranted. That's fair. It's just I would appreciate though if they just stop fucking trying to be like. I'm a yo, I just started developing GTA 6 today. It's coming out uh let's see here, August 16th. It's gonna be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's fair. There's a there's a happy medium in there. And I think it's trending in the right direction where they're going more towards release windows 
Like they're starting with like an entire year. So they're like, okay, targeted cool release twenty twenty one. And then they'll be like, okay, targeted release holiday twenty twenty one. And then it's like, okay, targeted release November twenty twenty. Um and then and then it gets pushed back and there's Man, I think especially with how Cyberpunk was received, I think gamers are much more okay now with delays. They're like, hey, if it means you're going to give me a good product, fucking delay it all day, every day. I don't care. I'm still going to go buy it. Because they say uh, a rushed game is forever bad, but a delayed game is eventually good, I think is how um, the, the saying goes, so. I also just wonder, like, going into long-term game development future, I mean, I feel like over the last, especially now that the kind of graphical generation and rush hurdle seems to be mostly over, you know, not that it's not like a priority, it seems like uh, lately it's always just been like, scale size scope of a game how big can you make the world how many missions can it have and shit like that and the reality is is when you're buying a game i mean like i would say a good game ranges are in between the like 15 to what like maybe 30 hours are most common games and most you know good games i mean there's there's exceptions like if you're gonna play the witcher 3 and all the dlc and then you're 120 hours in and you're like how did i get here um but (laughs) Like as as development practices improve, we can develop and iterate on games faster and quicker. You know, there's got to be a certain point where development cycles are probably going to go down because it's like I don't want to play a game that has a 500 hour story because I'm not going to spend 500 hours going through a fucking story. You know, like I like I said, there's definitely exceptions to the rules and there's some just like megalithic games that definitely are good even though that they are really long but most people are looking like most i think casual gamers are looking for probably around like a 15 to 20 hour story gameplay experience so it's interesting to think about the future and how that's gonna you know affect development affect development cycles and also the release date of games yeah i i think from what it looks like development tools are getting easier and easier to use and so i think it's becoming a lot easier for indie development studios to create a really solid game from a technical graphical standpoint um and so i think we're going to see a rise of indie development um especially over this next generation um so I'm I'm looking forward to that. I and and that kind of brings us back to Stray and this game you're playing as a cat running around. <laughs> like I mean, what a more obscure like gameplay concept to to think about. It, I still don't know what's happening. Like they they show the gameplay and I mean it looks like you're a cat. It moves like a cat and it 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 honestly looks pretty fun and cool. But I still have no idea what the hell is going on. Like the story? I don't know. They they basically said, "Oh, you're a cat. You get separated from your family. You're trying to find your family." Boom, <laughs> hooked. But I just like this 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 article reviewing Stray. The headline is: "Stray shines most when it lets you be a jerk like a cat." <laughs> oh, they know. Um, yeah. Back back to what you were saying. Since 
I love to bring it up all the time. Team Cherry is fucking only three people, and Hollow Knight is a fucking long game for only three people to have developed and there is a lot of detail and nuance in that game i mean it's not like some like crazy 3d open worlds you know like uncharted 4 level graphics at the time of release i guess because it's probably uncharted 4 maybe no longer is the standard for a uh, video it game still is. I, it's pretty good i'm not gonna lie <laughs> but I, there's gonna be there's gonna be something I mean, I don't, Last of Us Part Two, another Naughty Dog game. It, it stepped it up, but yeah. yeah. Though I got to say that the Demon Souls remaster was mm, movie delicious. Those graphics were—I cannot believe what they did to that game. That that was insane. Of a, it's so nice seeing a, like a reboot that isn't just like a slap a new skin on the main character. Bam, sixty dollars, baby. Come on. <laughs> um. Did you have more on that? Because that, that's a nice segue into another thing I have to talk about. Yeah, I know that you're going to tell me that Silk Song's coming out next month, even though that's not true, but you're going to tell it to me, and I'm going to be happy. Uh, Silk Song tell me that. is in no way related to my next point. <laughs> Damn it. Um, they, EA finally announced that they're remaking Dead Space. It's oh, of- you already told me this one. Yeah, it's official. The people don't know, but the people, yeah, nobody knows except you and me. <laughs> EA called me up. They're like, "Max will lose gaming. We got some news for you." Um, but no, they they released the teaser trailer. Uh, I'll try and remember to link it in the description below. But it's going to be in the the Frostbite engine, which is, I mean, essentially what EA uses for everything at, these days. But it's a it's a really good looking engine, um, and it's a really mature engine at this point. And it looks so far like it's going to be very true to the original, but it is a full ground up remake, not a remastering. So not just like higher definition textures and stuff. Like no, it's a it's a full remake and a new engine. Um, but it looks like they're going to be faithful to the original. I don't know. Because it's a teaser, we don't know what, what additional information. But I really enjoyed Dead Space, and I think that the it holds up surprisingly well for how old it is. But the the biggest thing for it is graphically and technically speaking, it it could have some improvements. And I think it's going to be a much more terrifying game. Like I'm just imagining like ray traced 3D audio where you can hear things very pinpoint accuracy around you. Like the sound design is going to be a huge improvement with the new generation um, capabilities. Uh, The lighting is going to be a huge improvement. Um, And then the animations are going to be a huge improvement. I think those are going to be the three biggest things that for a horror game, I think are going to be next level like that that's what you need is the the environment is so important in setting the the spooks um so i'm i'm stoked for that i'm i'm gonna play it if it gets remastered with how much you've talked it up not not from this exact moment but we've we've talked about this game (laughs) multiple times and i mean you you're not wrong i do i do sell it short i do throw it a little bit in the garbage can because the little bit that i watched i was like old horror game <laughs> it's it's a fair criticism i i was not super spooked playing through it um but there were moments of a little bit of terror but also the environment like there's well you're in space so most of the time you're you're inside 
where there's atmosphere and you can hear sounds. But there's a couple moments where you walk into a broken part of the ship and you're outside in space where there's no sound because there's no medium for the sound waves to travel through. And the, the oh my gosh, the sound. Nice can, attention to detail. Yeah, it, it's so crazy. And they, they get you. Um, a minor spoiler alert, but the first time you go out into the silence and it's so beautiful, like the environment, and it's just, it's calm. You go from all this noise and creepiness to just like this wave of silence with like a little bit of white noise. And you, you think you're calm. You think you're, you're safe and you turn around. You couldn't hear the monster coming up behind you scares the ever loving shit out of you. That was one of the best moments in that game, um, which I just totally ruined for everybody. Um, but yeah that's that, okay that got we'll me. forget it so again kind of like alan wake the bones and the concepts and the themes behind the game are are solid and that's why i think those are the games that will do the best with a remake because they're, they're a really solid foundation of a game and you just improve the mechanics and the graphics and boom boom baby boom baby go. it's gonna be perfect gonna be perfect um but before I go into any more of these, let's let's hop on over to some of your your league news you got. Swap it up, baby. Well, I'll keep it quick. We're in playoffs for both Europe and LCS. Uh, it was not this weekend, but last weekend, TL, who I would say my favorite North American team, had a little bit of an upset with Cloud9, putting them into the losers bracket, um, which was super hyped to see. TL is playing a play style that they do not play at all. Normally, they are known for, we're better than you, so we're not going to do literally anything all game long, and then we're magically going to have like a 3,000 gold lead just because we're better at you than everything. Um, <laughs> and they they actually played a pretty early game composition, which they've been working on for a long time, but it's nice to see. Uh, there's definitely, I would say now, a small handful of North American teams that are actually kind of adopting the more aggressive early style, even though that's like been the meta essentially all fucking season. But uh, it makes me feel a little bit better about potential success at Worlds coming through. And then G2 was coming and the beginning of their sp the spring split was really rough summer split. It seemed like they were coming in form. And then yesterday my, my heart was broken. They lost. Three to one to Mad Lions. They're now in the losers bracket, but that's where they shine. That's where they come through strong. <laughs> so, uh, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to TL's matches. Actually, tonight, uh, if you want to watch them go against, I think they're going. They're going against TSM, which I would say a lot of people think are the best team in the league right now. So, yeah, August fifteenth. If you're listening, AK, if you're watching, because this don't get posted until next Wednesday. <laughs> um, but yeah, super hyped to see that matchup, and then uh, G two coming up next. But yeah, it's been it's been good. It's nice seeing LCS. Yeah, not be just the total snooze fest. Uh, I was watching some older Worlds games with my brother yesterday, uh, and it's. Unbelievable how much the game has changed over the what we're on the eleventh season now. So, and I think they had like one year of beta, so twelve years of production, even on their bullshit little spaghetti code that they run that that terrible terrible game on. Uh, oh, and then another thing, pretty arbitrary. I just thought it was cool. There's a uh, one of the networking more so tubers that I watch. His name's Jeff Geerling. Uh, he is 
in love with raspberry pies, probably to an unhealthy degree, if I'm not going to lie, but that's okay. Not, nothing wrong with loving some tech. Um, but he had a raspberry pie cluster that he originally made that would fit into like a one rack unit server space, but okay. they were uh, horizontally placed. So he could only fit five into one slot. And so this guy has apparently actually been working on um, essentially like it's a it's essentially like a blade server, but for Raspberry Pis. So you can like pull out these blades that have the full like computation unit has it, NVMe storage on it now and stuff like that too. Damn. Uh, and then I think like yeah, USB 3.0 slots, all 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 this cool shit that like yeah, Raspberry Pi is really the some of the videos I've been watching, some of the shit that they can do is actually pretty crazy. I believe Jeff Geerling pretty recent within the last couple of months, he is actually able to boot natively off of an NVMe drive uh, for a Raspberry Pi, which is just like the shit that that's being done with it is absolutely crazy. And the fact that now they're also shrinking. I didn't know that they had compute modules until pretty recently, but you can get it without all the side peripherals. So you can essentially like just use the compute module and then whatever peripherals you want to have on top of it, you know, like USB ports and shit like that, um, you can put on it. So yeah, the uh, Raspberry Pi Foundation is doing a lot of uh, pretty cool shit. And then the community on top of it is doing a lot of even fucking cooler shit. (laughs) Like the, uh, yeah, the hobbyist community around it is absolutely insane. And it's just cool seeing, like, I mean, I feel like every, like, pretty much like every month I'm seeing new videos of just someone doing just the wackest stuff with Raspberry Pi, which I feel like when, you know, Raspberry Pi 2 came out and those iterations and 3, like, they were they were cool and they were good, but it was still relatively low compute, so it's, like, not that many applications that you're realistically going to want to run, but, uh, I mean, the Raspberry Pi 4 can run dual 4k hdmi displays so it's getting it's getting a little ridiculous on uh, yeah what what this thing is capable of doing uh especially for for its price point so yeah that's my that's my other that's my other hypey stuff raspberry pies are cool go go eat yourself a little raspberry pie go go get a slice (laughs) yeah i mean the possibilities are endless that's for damn sure yeah there's there's some stuff i've been wanting to do with uh Lots of like network monitoring applications and stuff like that. And also, uh, you can, a lot of people use Raspberry Pi, they'll have it hooked up to their network and then constantly query what their download speeds are to see what their ISP is actually providing them uh, over the course of like months, you know, because you pay, you pay for a hundred down, you get 30 to 50 on average, you know. Especially if you're on a a shared network system like cable modems, where like typically I think you're like whatever the 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 pop node right has like the actual full Some, bandwidth, and then like it that, gets yeah. like kind of split among your neighbors. So when it's high traffic time, like everyone is like sharing, and so it kind of yeah. Or I can do like DSL and get a singular gig down an hour. <laughs> I mean, well, in Meg. Yeah. Oh, a gig, I'd be like, that'd be great. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, I thought that was cool. That's all I got. I'm Dope. done. All right, well, most of the rest of my stuff is all about PS5 and Xbox Series X and Series S, Xbox Series consoles, because Xbox has shitty naming conventions and it's hard to talk about them without being confusing. So, um. Let's just get into it. So, uh, PS5 
hit 10 million units sold one month faster than the PS4, which is pretty crazy because PS4 was an incredibly fast and popular console. Um, and that the notion is that literally no one can get their hands on a PS5 and it's selling faster than the PS4. <laughs> yes, yeah. It's just It goes <laughs> like, to show how much higher the demand is than it was previously. Um, and also, oh, information is like social media and the internet, everyone is so connected to everything now that it, we're just so much more aware of it. The PS4 came out in 2013. I mean, the internet and social media were obviously pretty big back then, but I don't think it was as interconnected as it is today. I, I don't know how to describe that, but I think information transfers and, and news gets around so much faster now than it did seven years ago, eight years ago. Um, and so it's it's no one remembers how hard it would have been to get a PS4 back in the day. Um, but it, and especially because of seven or eight years in the past, you don't think about it and you're like, oh, well, I can't get a PS5. But it's it's ridiculous. But it is it is selling faster. They're making more technically than they did um, with the PS4. And good news for everyone. Sony has secured enough chips. So everyone talks about the the semiconductor shortage. But Sony has officially secured enough semiconductors and chips to produce and sell 22 million uh, PS5s by March of 2022. Um, that'll be 22 in total. So 12 million more than what they're currently at. Um, and their goal in 2022 is to break, I think it's the PS2's record. Maybe it's PS4. One one of their records of yearly sales, which I think is like twenty two million or something, and their goal is to break that record um, next year. So the PS fives will continue to become more and more available. It's still very difficult to get your hands on it, um, but there's a lot being sold, and eventually that that demand will start to be satisfied and it will be easier and easier. It's kind of what we're seeing with GPUs. Cryptocurrency mining kind of took a dive because of different regulations and changes. And so those were flooding the market. Um, and then obviously as people are able to get GPUs, the the demand for them drops because those people don't need another GPU. Um, so they, things will get better. We're, we're starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. That doesn't mean we're close. But we can we can imagine a future where you might be able to get your hands on some new tech. So um, that's pretty hype. Yeah. Do you have thoughts? Thank God. Yeah. I I just <laughs> I want I want a, I want a PS5. That's that's my thought. But I also want I don't know I don't know what you think. We've talked about this in the past, but to me it's like, well, okay. Let me put the caveat out there. Maxwell knows this very well, but I. As someone who waits to purchase tech like a dummy, I when I when I am prepared to purchase that generation's console, that means within six months the next iteration of that console will come out. Cause as soon as my as soon as my wallet hits the fucking table and the PS5's in my hand, that P, the PS5 Slim, literally Sony's like announcing it the next day. <laughs> They're like, we've been Coming waiting out for all of it. Well, this is this is this has happened more times than I care. I've happened with the PS4, happened with the Switch. Um, no, it didn't so, happen with the Switch. It did happen with the Switch. No, I got it, and then they released. Well, they released the doo doo version afterwards. They released that fucking oh the the light. Yeah, but I'm just saying, it's still technically it's still technically the next eight 
iteration in the sequence. I suppose. Um, I suppose. And I, I don't remember the last console I had before that. I guess it was the Xbox 360, which, whew, <laughs> whew, that's old. Um, but yeah, so either way, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But I, I think this time I'm gonna, I'm gonna hard wait to see what the uh, less Wi-Fi router looking PS5 is gonna look like. Please, God, change the look. <laughs> Though yours with the matte black paints, I will I will say makes it look way more better and Agreed. definitely way more of a system. I would not be like, let's put a little blankie over this to make sure no one has to see this ugly ass shit. So Agreed. I, I definitely and I said this when I did my video about the dark plates was I, I was not one who hated the new PS5 design, but it is vastly improved with the black uh, dark plates from D brand. Like it's just pfft. Night, I don't. I don't. Well, here's the thing. I guess I don't. I don't hate it in the sense that do I actually think it's that ugly? No. But for a this gen gaming console looking like that, that's ugly. Is what I'm. You know, and like in relativity, like I mean, the PS4 Slim. That's a that's a good looking console right there. I mean, and that's simple. They're not even doing anything crazy. They lit it. It's the classic engineering thing. You design a box, you put a chamfer, and you round the corners. Bam! It looks sleek and professional. Industrial baby. <laughs> Where like they, I don't know. Like I think PS Five was like trying to go avant garde or some crap like that. But then also they're just they're literally just making a fucking computer. So then it's like the worst combination of like trying to do something unique, but then not going hard enough in on it. And so then you get you get two pieces of paper on your on your router. It's it's a chonky boy too. It's a hefty, so thick, huge. Like it's heavy, and most of that is because the heat sink. They they were like, "Oh, how are we going to fix the the fan overheat problem from the PS4? We're just going to brute force it with heat fins, and just fill the entire console with it, and then have a big ass fan and say, boom, problem solved, baby, boom, baby." The the Xbox Series consoles took a a little more of an elegant approach with like their vapor chambers and stuff, so um, they achieved the same level of heat dissipation with slightly less heat sink going on. Um, but uh, the PS5 has been quiet thus far. Now, granted, we're not seeing games that are fully saturating the power capability of the PS5 yet. It's basically running PS4 games at higher resolutions, which is still pretty awesome. Um, but it's been quiet so far. Oh, Dem- so. Demon Souls is saturating. I can tell you that saturating. much. Saturating. There's no more performance left on the table, baby. Um, <laughs> So that so, game looked crazy. I'm gonna say it one more time. I don't want our <laughs> my our viewers to literally ever forget. I was actually fucking blown away watching that game and the level of yeah, that game looks so fucking good. And I know that that is only that is gonna be a chumpy game by the time that the PS5 generation is done, right? You're gonna be like, ah, graphics on Demon Souls. Why are you even talking about that? That's like someone bringing up Uncharted Four. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm loving these voices you bring in today. <laughs> That's my yeah. That's my that's my that's my douchebag voice. Apparently, <laughs> yeah. You gotta you gotta keep the ears of our podcast listeners entertained. Yeah, switch it up. Um, it, continuing down the the, the PS Five news. Um, the they officially announced that the disc version that sells for five hundred dollars is no longer selling at a loss. So they're actually making money on the the disc PS Five. Um. 
which is pretty exciting. It's kind of to be expected, like economy of scale, as you start improving manufacturing processes and you get more yield, all that kind of stuff, you'll be able to make a profit on it. But the diskless version that sells for $400 is still selling at a loss and probably will for the life of the console. But that those <laughs> loss are made up for with the sales of controllers and software. headphones. No, not software. So software is essentially the pure, not pure profit for them, but that's where like most companies, especially video game companies, where their profit comes from. So the the set the sale of other hardware um, accessories like controllers, headphones, all of those kind of things are making up the losses on the the discless version. Um, P- PS Five is not trying to take a cut off of these games. I mean, this is just, this just seems like classic. No, no, no. I, they, I I'm saying they do, but those. They don't need the software sales to make up the losses. I'm oh, saying sure, the, the yeah, losses yeah. for the discless version come are made up exclusively by hardware sales. Um, so the the software sales is all like they they don't have to throw any of that at the the hardware losses, um, which is which is pretty nice, you could say. And now there is a beta uh, software uh, OS for the PS5 that is finally allowing the ssd m.2 nvme storage upgrades so beta so they're they're not quite rolling it out yet but everyone who's been testing it it's like it works pretty freaking flawlessly um and this is where the ps5 and xbox series console kind of took two vastly different approaches so the ps5 has internal storage that it comes with of 825 gigabytes not a full terabyte and then of that, there's only so much usable. It's like 667 gigabytes is actually available to you to store games on. The Xbox Series X has one terabyte. And then, of course, how much you actually get is like seven or 800 something gigabytes um, from that. So Xbox has more. But we have seen time and time again that PS5's compression um, is far superior. And yeah. I I don't think I have the actual or no I do. Um So let's see. I have this article here. Sorry, bear with me just trying to look it up. So, uh games like Control Ultimate Edition are 42.5 gigabytes on the Xbox Series X, but only 25.79 gigabytes on PS5 for a reduction of about 39%. Um, so just something to keep in mind, even though the PS5 technically has a little bit less built-in storage, it utilizes that storage more efficiently than Xbox. So actual effective storage is a little bit higher on PS5. Um, and that varies from game to game. Some will see higher compressions, uh, gains than, than others, but, but typically speaking, it's kind of a moot point for them. But the big difference is PS5's internal storage is soldered onto the motherboard. So if that goes bad you can't really replace that yourself um that's something that you would have to send out to to someone who who could potentially replace that if it's even replaceable going back to right to repair xbox series x it's kind of a nuisance to take that that console apart um just like the the ps5 will be but it actually is a replaceable m.2 drive in there um whether or not i can't desolder a chip with pens that are fucking one micron apart from each other and also probably specifically tied to the hardware so if you put a new one on the thing's gonna be like you've corrupted your system (laughs) yeah it broken and and i don't know if the xbox series x has that that same kind of restriction but it is an actual removable 
like a typical it's it's one of i think the shorty um m.2 nvme drives but you could theoretically replace that yourself um both for a storage upgrade or if something goes wrong with the drive so that's kind of a win on the xbox side but then it kind of takes a flip turn so for expanding your storage xbox came right out the gate and supported this proprietary stick um, that just slots into the slot in the back of the console. It is super easy to use, pretty elegant solution, um, and it was available right at launch. One terabyte. Called USB. <laughs> not joking. <laughs> no, no, it is not a That'd USB That would be interface. horrible. That yeah. would be so bad. <laughs> um, but it's it was a one terabyte solution from Seagate, I believe. Uh, $220 for one terabyte. Pretty expensive. That's- it's a but, lot of money. But that's it was in the realm of Gen 4 PCIe um storage. It, it wasn't that that's not horrible. Yeah. And it, and it's a custom solution and it's very easy elegant. The problem is that is the only way to upgrade the storage. Um and Seagate and that partnered expansion is the only one available. The PS5 went out the gate and saying, "Hey, we have this non-proprietary m.2 nvme interface where you can expand your storage but because we're still waiting on pcie gen 4 ssds to start saturating the full bandwidth of pcie gen 4 we're not going to be able to support it right at launch but now that the beta is coming out now as if you have a pcie gen 4 nvme ssd that is capable of read and write speeds of 5500 megabytes per second i believe is what the unit is you can slot anything in there as long as it's between 250 gigabytes and four terabytes so if you can find something that fits that which there's a lot of now you have a lot of choice you can go out and buy it and competition will drive those prices down and right now you can get a top of the line samsung 980 pro for one terabyte for 200 dollars. so it's already undercutting the xbox um price right there yeah. yeah for a like top of the line uh gen 4 but there's other ones yeah yeah that that are cheaper um and you can get different swords so instead of just being locked down to one terabyte you can do two three four if you got tons of money to blow it's consumer choice competition will be good so it'll be interesting to see how xbox responds if they're going to open up that design of their expansion to other manufacturers to potentially drive some competition in that space. But but then you come down to the fact that it's proprietary to the Xbox. So there's always going to be some kind of tax or certification tax that goes on top of it. And it's only usable on Xbox devices. So manufacturers only have the incentive to make enough for what they think their Xbox demand will be. Where the, these SSDs, everyone who uses a PC and uh, PS5, it's the same market. There's no additional certification process. You just pick it up. So I think PS5 has a win in that category. People have been trying to say, oh, but upgrading the storage is impossible. It's so difficult. No one could possibly figure it out. That is, I don't think that gives enough credit to gamers and consumers. It's basically calling them dumb. Um, like, granted- Okay, okay, hold on. I put an NVMe drive in my PC over six months ago and i haven't even formatted it yet so i mean there's got to be some truth to be said there i mean i'm sitting on a ter at least 500 gigabytes if not a terabyte nvme and it's not being used at all well here's here's the thing i'm a prime consumer example (laughs) once you install it in the ps5 the ps5 ui upon boot up 
prompts you to format it and you you can't actually start the ps5 without getting it formatted and ready to go um, okay i'll unscrew it then you'll from unscrew. my motherboard from my own from my motherboard why i'm trying i'm i'm just making it just trying yeah, yeah, yeah. advocate. I, I, i'm just i'm actually just trying to irk you that's really what i'm doing here uh, that's all right that's all right but I, I, to, to be fair, the, the Xbox solution is way more elegant, super simple, and you can pop it out, take it over to a friend's house, pop it in, and I think it's it's good to go. I think it's it's a potential way to share games with friends. Like you could bring your games to your friend's house. I think that works. I don't think it's tied to the console when it's formatted. If it is, Thank then God. it, it kind of loses some of that advantage. Um, but if you really can, that's super cool and something the PS5 will not be able to do. But actually installing it, it, you've seen multiple times, you go on the internet, popping that, that side panel off takes two seconds, is super easy to do. And then it's basically two Phillips head screws and you, you're done. Like you've installed yeah. it. Like it's, it's not any more difficult than replacing the hard drive on like a PS4 was, which tons of people have done. Oh. Or your PC. Look or at your that. PC. My side plate's already off because I don't keep my Phillips screws on. So, <laughs> Boom, baby. Um, <laughs> So don't if you own a PS5, do not Ooh. be intimidated by people saying it's really difficult to upgrade the storage. When it when it comes to the time that you can do that, um, there's one tons of guides out there, um, YouTubers who love to make content about it. So you can find 50 different people explaining in great detail how to do the upgrade and which SSDs to buy. Um, but d- yeah, don't don't be intimidated by it. Don't be intimidated by other people. You can do it. It's not hard. We believe in you. I mean, Microsoft did have the genius idea for their next-gen consoles to be upgradable and iteratable over time. Like, I've never heard of a device that can compute, and then when it gets old, you put new equipment in to keep it going and alive. I mean, like, that's just... Yeah. That's world-shattering for me. I mean, I put I put new memory in my, in my computer, and I was like, man, I wish that could do it. Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, could, could you imagine if such a device ran Microsoft software and could play Xbox games? Like, that would be crazy. That would. I would almost probably never consider getting an Xbox again for literally my entire life if that was the case. Which, to be fair, I am never planning on getting an Xbox again for my entire life unless they do something absolutely crazy. I mean... If Agreed. I didn't have a PC and wasn't already, you know, I also use this for other things like 3D modeling and stuff like that. So I can I can justify my maybe $800 computer now. I don't know. If you done a couple more bones in it since since I built it. But yeah, if you if you have a gaming PC, there's almost no need to buy an Xbox at this point because all first party games are coming out on PC and on Game Pass day one. They have Game Pass, and you can get it for PC. You can get it for just the PC um, with, without paying for Ultimate. There's Unless you just want the the raw power of the Xbox Series X for that price point, which is understandable. Um, I mean, even then, I feel like if you already have a rig, the cost of upgrading, you could probably... Like, if your rig isn't going to match, unless your rig is literally like an archaic fucking dinosaur, the cost of upgrading, you might as well just upgrade your rig. If you don't have a rig true, and you want to play, then yeah, 100% understand why getting an Xbox and would totally get an Xbox. Because I think also a lot of people will build a PC and then play games that they could probably be playing on console in the first place. And it's like, if you're not going to be doing 3D modeling or like video editing or super high compute tasks, 
And it's like uh, owning a desktop is a waste, I think, for a lot of people in the way that they use it, especially with how great these next gen consoles have been. Agreed. So that that, that was kind of the the big news um, about all of that. Xbox really hasn't had a lot as much news about it because Xbox kind of did nail the user experience right out of the gate. Um, you, you could buy the expandable storage right away, plop it in easy peasy and their, their smart delivery system, which I think myself kind of made fun of is actually fantastic. You, uh, you plug in the console and if you're playing on a new series X, it automatically knows the new better version of a game to download mm. rather than the Xbox one version. You don't have to do anything it's underrated feature because PS five fucked it up. I've talked about this multiple <laughs> times on, on the podcast the number of times I've downloaded the PS4 version of a game when I was trying to download the PS5 version of a game. All right, and they've gotten better. They're finally with these new software updates fixing those issues. So now that people are actually starting to be able to get a PS5, the user experience is actually pretty good. And pretty soon you'll be able to upgrade the storage yourself. So PS5 is caught up in a lot of ways, but it's kind of the opposite of what happened during the last gen when the Xbox One had a lot of not great things about it that they had to fix in order to catch up with the PS4. But at this point, there's already such a huge consumer base out there of both gaming brands that it's not hurting PlayStation like it hurt Xbox back then. Um, so and now PS5 is caught up. So I, I don't think it, PlayStation is really going to be hurt by it. But but Xbox has done a lot of good things. They haven't needed to update anything. So I think that's why they're not in the news as much like it just it works xbox works and game pass is really what xbox cares about now the hardware that it doesn't really matter as much they're like game pass is their big selling point where they make their money so um yeah that's yeah. that's that oh <laughs> to, to to bring it home uh shit on game pass uh uh let, let's do that um forza motorsport yeah, 7 pass. is officially reaching end of life so i think it's Middle of September, um, it will no longer be available to download or purchase or play on Game Pass or any digital storefront. Um, and a lot of that is due to uh, licensing expiring for a lot of the cars in the game. That's just uh, typical of these car racing games. But uh, Xbox made a promise that there will always be a sim racer to play on Game Pass. And once for Forza Motorsport 7, hard to say that, say that five times fast, um, leaves. It, that that will no longer be true. And that's kind of the problem. What I've talked about with my, my biggest criticism of this game availability, game streaming game as a subscription service is the fact that when those games are no longer available, they're gone to you forever. If you didn't purchase them, you lose access to them forever. You don't get that game. Um, and that's it, it. Will that happen very often? No. Is it a big problem? No. But it will happen. And there, there will be times like this where this happens. And that's kind of the, the scary thing is you don't know what game it is. For most people, probably don't care. But there's going to be some people out there that are going to be really disappointed by that or assume that when they get Game Pass, all the games that are on there now will always be on there. And that is unequivocally not going to be the case. Um, yeah. So just keep that in mind. And they, they do a good job of kind of announcing this ahead of time. So if it is a game you care about, you have time to go purchase it but now you're making a purchase on top of the subscription service you're doing so just just one of oh, those shit. things bullshit um i still think game pass is great 
I, as much as I do shit on it all the time, I think it is a great service. It's a great option. And we, we've talked about this a bunch of times. So Game Pass is great in a lot of ways, but there are some things just always be aware of. Um, so just want to throw that out there. But that, that's what I got. That's what I got for game game tech news, not game news. Oof, I'm not some dummy. Don't that say that, bro. News. Come on. Come on, bro. Well, I guess we can just talk about what we want to do next in our next episode. That way we have a plan for next episode. <laughs> uh, Since yeah. we're already at an hour. Um, oh, also, I'll just put uh, to, to, to stress how confusing the PS5 UI has been. Um, I thought I had Horizon Zero Dawn downloaded. Oh, and yeah. I, I was going to I, blo- I brought it with me on a trip, my PS5, and you can't connect it to hotel Wi-Fi. It just doesn't work. And so I, I had to make sure everything was downloaded when I went. Thought I had Horizon Zero Dawn downloaded. I got there and turns out I had the art of Horizon Zero Dawn downloaded, but it was available on the screen and it showed up like a game. Very subtly said the art and it went down It said play like you could play it like a game. And so I played it and it's fucking pictures from Horizon Zero Dawn. I was like, what is this fucking bullshit? And I, I looked through all the games downloaded, didn't see the actual full game. So I was like, God damn it. And so I, I've been playing Ghost of Tsushima. The only reason I didn't want to play that yet is because they're coming out with a big update that adds a bunch of PS5 features and some new content and stuff that'll be coming out in like five days. I think it's August 20th. So I wanted to wait to play through the rest of Ghost of Tsushima until they have those updates. But I, I'll still have a lot left to play. So I ended up playing that. Get back home. Realize Horizon Zero Dawn was actually downloaded. But it was so unclear where to find it in the fucking PS5 that I didn't know how to find it. It was on there. I consider myself to be fairly tech savvy and I couldn't fucking find the game on my PS5. So just to give you an idea of how confusing the, the UI is. Again, those problems are getting resolved slowly. But my God, like that was yeah, frustrating. That's so but Ghost of Tsushima has been fantastic. It's been fantastic. It is right now. I think I can say confidently the most beautiful game i've ever played um like technically like graphically technically speaking it is not the most polished perfect game like the last of us part two would be but from just eye candy like the color palettes they've chosen in the art direction i think it won best art direction at the game awards which it absolutely deserved if it didn't it deserved to win it is just I, I every time I turn a corner, I am just in awe at how beautiful the game is. So I, I will say that um, I have some little gripes and little criticisms here and there. So it's it's not reaching the, the status and I don't think it will. It, it's already has enough little technical things with it that it won't beat my number one game, which I won't spoil. Um, but it's it's up there. It's a solid right now. I'd say a solid eight point five to nine with the, with the possibility to maintain improve or or get worse depending on how the rest of the game plays out but but so far very solid a lot of fun so but yeah be dope but what 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 will we do in in the future well that's what i feel like we talk about next time so so our next podcast is going to be discussing what we do in the podcast following that I, well, I think it's appropriate. Uh, I mean, we, we missed multiple weeks of tech news, so I think it's appropriate. We had a, a big old catch up. And True. then next week, we can we can kind of theory craft some ideas over the week. And I know 
we both have gotten recommendations from various sources on what to do next. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we can get some ideas and then maybe bring some stuff to the table and then just scream at each other. We're yeah. doing a review of Tetris. <laughs> So if you're if you're listening to this, please do go check us out on Instagram and YouTube and leave comments down below with suggestions of what you would like us to discuss. We we absolutely uh, we we can for sure come up with stuff that we want to talk about and that kind of stuff, but now that the the content's going to be a lot more free form and kind of take whatever direction we feel like because there's no direction here. Um if you guys have something you want to talk about, we are very honestly eager to hear that and would be more than happy to discuss those topics so please let us know instagram youtube mo video games mo video games check it out baby yeah i'd say the topics we've already talked about doing would be covering doing a much shorter version but best video game soundtracks either for the series or just for the games um and then as well as there's a myriad of series such as like for thinking of my games like Metroid or Zelda or even like Halo games and then going through those and talking about the different games and what we thought about the different games. Some yeah. of those requiring some uh, additional playthrough for me because I have not played Halo 4 or Halo 5. Is Halo 5 out? Yes. Yeah. Halo 5 you say this new? every time. You're like, I don't remember is what Halo, the last one is was. Is Halo 6 the new one? Yeah, man, there's too many. I, I'm just saying Far Cry 86 at this point because I don't even care which one's coming out next. You said 82 earlier in the podcast. Now we're already on 86. Uh, I, I, thought of, I thought I said 86. That's how bad my memory is. Is it Far Cry 7 coming out or Far Cry? Far Cry 6. 7. Far Cry. Whatever. I don't even care about that stupid ass <laughs> game series. But That's yeah, funny. so either way, those are, those are some of the ideas we've already talked about. But yeah, any yeah. anything that you want to hear us talk about, glad to do, glad to do the research for. Thanks for listening to the House of Juice. Absolutely. We appreciate y'all, and we will catch you in the next one. Juicy. Juicy. Thank you guys so much for sticking around to the end of today's podcast. It has been a blast not having to think about which fantastic game we're going to eliminate from the bracket. But we are excited to hear what you guys want to hear us talk about. Do you want to hear more gaming news? Do you want to hear more tech news? Do you want us to do some crazy in-depth dives into games? Do you want us to do some crazy quizzes? What do you guys want to see? We are super eager to hear from you guys. So make sure to check us out on Instagram and YouTube at Mo Video Games. Leave comments. Let us know what you want to see, what you like, what you don't like. We're pumped to hear from you. Again, thank you so much for sticking around, and we'll catch you guys in the next one. Juice!